welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linford, and I'm here today with a tourism and marketing communication expert, but so much more than that, because the wonderful Lindsay Thomas is the founder of Girl About Travel, and she's got a load of other stuff going on. So we are going to have a great conversation. Welcome, Lindsay. Jeanette, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> and you're over in Toronto, aren't you? Where you've really- I am in Toronto, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, well, it's up until probably today, it's been a very cold Toronto. But actually, the sun is shining and it's lovely out there today, yeah. Oh, fantastic. It bodes well for our, our conversation then. That's, uh, that's always... Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. So we were chatting before we, we sort of press record on the podcast... Mm-hmm. You've got such an interesting journey in terms of what you've done in travel, but also as a woman in business, what you're doing for diversity and inclusion, being a working mum, all sorts of stuff. We're going to have a good old chat. But um, Lindsay, I think um, what I'd like to do with these these um, conversations is just to get a little bit of flavour for your background. So sort of like plotted history, really, if you like, in terms of oh, I've started what have you got? now. <laughs> well, we'll go for five minutes and then we'll go from there. <laughs> OK, I will do my best, Jeanette, to get my checkered life and, and, and yeah, in five minutes. So, um, yeah, so I am a, a tourism marketing and comms expert, uh, self-confessed. Um, uh, I, uh, I've been in the travel industry, in the travel and tourism industry, since the tender age of 18, I, I was living in Yorkshire. I'm from a very working class background, no university degree, nothing like that. Um, I moved to London um, in my late teens uh, I, through a relationship I had with a, a boy at the time and moved in with his mum and dad. Um, and um, my, I think my, my plan was to quickly get rid of him and go live this great London life, but it didn't end up happening like that. And uh, in the meantime, I managed to get myself a little job in admin in a, in a startup travel company um, in North London. And that's where my journey began, really, um, in terms of travel. I think because I've moved from uh, Yorkshire to London and I was pretty much on my own in in quite, um, quite a toxic relationship at the time, um, my work um, was basically what I focused on. Uh, my friends were back up in Yorkshire going out clubbing and doing everything else. And I really had no friends. Um, not I was very on my own in London, living with my boyfriend's parents, which was a bit odd. So um, it, that, that's how it really started. Um, and I have to thank him now when I look back, because I think if it hadn't have been for that situation, I wouldn't be where I am now. But um, my, my, my basically my work was my saviour. And I worked and worked and worked every bank holiday, Every time there was an opportunity to do overtime, I worked and I went from admin assistant to sort of middle management within a couple of years. Um, I was working for a great company and they were a startup at the time, but became very big. Um, uh, They were the first sort of um, online booking engine for hotels. 
Um, and then um, I met my husband, my current husband, and we backpacked around the world for a year. So I spent a lot of time traveling, uh, came back, um, settled back down in London, started working for um, an agency in London, and then um, just, just, again, built my career from there. Um, I spent about 10 years working for big international tourism boards. So my, my job was um, doing their marketing, sales, advertising, um, PR, all of that um, on, on behalf of them in, in the UK. So I was working for um, Isle of New York, uh, Hawaii tourism, um, some big Canadian tourism boards, uh, loved what I did, got to travel all over the world, um, quickly became senior management uh, and then had my children, um, got pregnant and had two lovely babies and moved back to Yorkshire, uh, which is where I was from uh, after 17 years in London. So when I moved back to Yorkshire, after all that time working for, for tourism boards, which are many essentially are government run. So there's lots of politics going on, which really when you're a, you know, a marketeer and you're a creative person that you don't want to get mixed up in all of that. Um, but I did. And, you know, it was the, it was, it was the, the, the downside of, of my career. So when I went back to Yorkshire, I really wanted to focus on helping local tourism within Yorkshire. Um, I saw a real need within Yorkshire for small tourism companies that might need my help with some marketing. So that's sort of what I set out to do. Um, at the same time, I launched a blog called Girl About Yorkshire. So my, my intent, really, my mission was to serve Yorkshire clients through my marketing agency and then have this blog, which could act as almost like a complimentary channel um, for, for, for any clients that I may win. And, and I went on to, to win a couple of nice clients within, within Yorkshire tourism clients. Um, and I used the blog to, you know, to promote them. And the blog did really, really well because um, I had quite severe postnatal depression after my second child, after my daughter. So I talked quite candidly and honestly on Girl About um, about my issues um, with postnatal depression, um, with anxiety, um, with, you know, with all of that. And um, I think that was at a time before there was this, you know, everybody was quite open with mental health. Um, you know, this mm. was at a time when it was still, you know, a bit, you know, you didn't really talk about it much. And I, I, I was very open with it. Um, and that, that 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 really drove a lot of engagement to my blog. So whereas it started off as being something that was work related, it very quickly turned into something that was almost my savior a little bit. It was you know it was something that after a, a bad day I could go and just just write about my thoughts publicly, and then you know I, I, women would come back and they were they were really thankful for for some of the stuff I was writing, and I think I helped quite a lot of women. Now with my business head on that was driving quite a lot of engagement you know so I could see that happening as well um so you know in that sense I was like okay I'm going to keep doing this I'm going to keep doing this it's doing well I'm getting engagement I'm growing my social media channels I'm getting exposure for my business I was you know I was, I was getting a lot of exposure in Yorkshire with media and with you know potential other clients that wanted to work with me um but, you know, I had this agency, this business, I had this blog, I had children, I still have children, husband and everything else going on. Um, and the, the blog wasn't getting as much attention as I thought it could do. So I had this grand idea. Um, actually, I was at an event. I was invited to a, an event in 
at Fountains Abbey in Yorkshire, which was a bloggers event for mummy bloggers. And there was about 10 women, all with their kids, all similar demographic, all at this event, all blogging for their blog, writing the same thing, you know, trying to fight over the attention. I just thought, why are we not all doing this together? Why is there not a platform where women can just blog um, and create content for one platform across the country rather than all these, you know, all these, all these bloggers doing their own thing. And it's quite isolating as well when you blog on, you know, that is quite an isolating thing to be in when you're blogging on your own. Um, so I had this idea that I would um, bring in more girl about Yorkshire's across Yorkshire to build sort of a, a network of, of Yorkshire bloggers, which I did. And I put a post out on Instagram, um, on my Instagram, and I had something like 180 responses from women across Yorkshire who were uh, really interested in actually being part of this brand uh, which shocked me a little bit because I didn't have to do a great deal. But within about eight or nine weeks, I had like 10, 10 women writing for Girl About or Girl About Yorkshire at the time. Um, none of them were really writers. I had teachers, you know, there were secretaries, there was, you know, all sorts of different nurses. But the, we all had this common sort of interest, and that was meeting new people, gaining experience in something else, and a love of writing. So it, it took off and I thought, you know what, there's an opportunity here to use this girl about prefix for girl about Yorkshire and take this, take this nationally. You know, we can create a brand here whereby we have girl abouts across the whole of the UK writing and flying the flag for where they live and, you know, being part of, of, of a national brand. So I set about creating this at the same time as I was running my agency and servicing my clients in Yorkshire and um, also across the pond in Canada, because I had a Canadian tourism board at the time, trying to deal with my kids, run a house. So there was lots and lots um, going on. But I knew with my marketing experience in travel that I was onto something and I could fuel all of my experience into creating this brand. So, And all of the money I was getting through my agency as well was basically being um, pumped back into Girl About for the tech, you know, lots of tech. Um, I'm not paying any of these women that write for me, but we have, we, there's a lot of value that we create next weekend, for example. We've got our Girl About retreat in London where um, we get everybody together for, for a weekend and, you know, we put on workshops and um, we, we have, you know, a lot of fun. So that's something that I, you know, commit to every year. And um, there's lots of training that goes on, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we also have, um, a travel editor as part of Girl About Travel. Uh, she is ex-Telegraph. Um, so, you know, there's there's, there's, there's there's lots of opportunities to learn and grow. So created this brand, um, decided that um, the, I wanted to focus on travel because travel was my background. And at that point, Girl About was about everything. It was about mental health. It was about food. It was about Girl About holidays, Girl About children. So we, we decided to focus on, on, on travel and not just travel, but specifically on making memories. For me, it was about what happens when you travel, what happens when you go on holiday. It is for me, it's about the memory making and, and that time together and me being a woman that would choose a holiday over a handbag or, a, a you know, a, a memories over motors. You know, that, that they're some of my little slogans. That, this, this brand, I wanted to build a brand. I saw an opportunity um, through my, um, my my experience in the travel industry to build a brand that really focused on women who wanted to travel beyond the big tour operator brochures, beyond the, you know, the faceless travel websites, the love holidays, the 
all of those god-awful faceless websites that personally I hate, you know, and who didn't have the time to really um, research on, you know, booking.com, TripAdvisor, all these other, you know, because a lot of time goes, there's a lot of time that goes into to reaching, researching holidays, as we know. So I wanted to, I started thinking about what, what can I do to serve these women? What can I do with my network, with the women that I've already got with me to build a travel brand that is very female focused, very community focused and very purpose driven as well. So I set about the idea of creating an online space, a club that we're calling it. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> and um, I put all my heart and soul into, into, into my business. I lost my clients. Literally, I lost 150 grand worth of business within a week. If all of it, all of that business, a lot of the, the revenue was being pumped back into Girl About. I was paying web developers. I was paying digital marketers. I was paying journalists. I was paying loads and loads of money to get this brand off the ground. And I was paying a lot of money to build this tech behind this club. It all just in a puff of smoke was just like, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? I drank lots of wine for a week. I cried. Um, and then I got, I picked myself up and I went, you know, I said, Lindsay, you know what? This is, this is your opportunity. You've not got a business anymore. You, you know, your, your clients are no longer there. You've got this thing. You've got this idea. You know, you could spend this time really building this and focusing on it. And that's what I chose to do. So, Fantastic. Over, so over the last couple of years, I've been building this, this community for females that, that love to travel. Um, yeah, and it's it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. And so, you know, there's so much energy and enthusiasm that comes out of you. You know, you can see that you're doing something that you genuinely love and it builds on all of those years and years of experience in marketing and communications, in travel, you know, and, and there's obviously lots of highs and lows as well in, you know, in kind of your your personal journey there. But, you know, when... when um, the pandemic hit because, you know, obviously the travel industry is prone to shocks, uh, not just as a global pandemic. This has been most the most um, extreme, I think. But we're used to, you know, troubled times, oh, yeah. how we say. Um, but not so. So a lot of this is around how how do you actually kind of pivot, change, regroup when when the times are tough? Because, you know, it, it is hard being in business. It is hard being an entrepreneur, in particular when, you know, you sometimes can feel very alone in what you're doing. And so how how did you, apart from drinking wine for the week and then and then kind of regrouping, what were some of the practical things that you kind of put into place to take stock where you are and then be able to sort of move forward, really? Because I think someone, people listening to this might be thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah, you know, I've had a similar experience or I'm in the middle of this and I don't quite know what, how to regroup and start again or take per certain parts of what I've done and, and, and move that forward and stop doing certain other things. So, yeah, can you just talk us through a little bit around how you navigated through that to get you to where you are now with the concept you've got and everything you're building today? Yeah, of course. So after I'd drunk wine for a week and cried, <laughs> um, I, I, I knew already that we were on to something. Um, I had four very strong women involved who I was paying as, um, as, as experts in their fields, digital marketing, content, um, journalism, um, strategy, marketing strategy. Um, and they, they'd been working with me for 
for a few months because you know for a few months I've been paying them as I've mentioned they they knew my they could see my drive they knew that I was onto something so I um I decided to approach them with an opportunity for them to have some kind of vested interest into girl about and the and the club um so rather than you know and negotiating rather than me paying them every month uh, they would come in and help me over the pandemic we would work on it together because all of our businesses were pretty much you know annihilated in some way so we decided that we would um you know we, we would we would come together basically and we would work together to make these things work and we would pool our experience um and we would pool everything we had we had no money um really um, I managed to get a little bit of a bounce back loan, but that didn't really do much. Um, but it was more about um, just really understanding and appreciating the strength of the people that I had around me and, and, and pooling all of that experience in, into one and, and going and going from there. And we, we had no idea what, we, what was ahead of us. You know, at that point, we assumed it would be like a few weeks and we'd all be back to normal, you know, and three bloody lockdowns later, you know, were... Uh, I moved to Toronto, had a nervous breakdown and, you know, luckily scraped myself back. But it's been tough. Yeah. But but it's 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 all about resilience. It's all about if you really believe in your gut that you you're onto something um, and, and, and other people, you know, it too, then you've just got to keep going. You've got to. It doesn't matter what financial situation you're in. I was in arrears on, in my mortgage for four months because I refused point bank to give up to give up on this. I refused. My husband was having kittens. You know, he's nine to five, doesn't understand the brains of an entrepreneur, doesn't get it. You know, he was having kittens. We were having arguments, but I was adamant. I am not stopping. I will work every hour God sends to get this off the ground. I will come out of the pandemic with this and, and I will grow it from then on. And that was the, the bottom line, really. There was, that's it, basically. Oh, amazing. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Because, you know, I think that the, having a belief in what you're doing and, and genuinely knowing that you, you can create something good out of it, or, or at least at least making sure that you give it a damn good try, you know, because otherwise you just never know, do you? And what a great shame that would be. And, you know, like you say, you've 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 kind of been tenacious, you've pushed through and, and here you are today, you know, to kind of tell the story. So I think that's massively inspiring for anyone, whether you're a man or a woman listening, actually, um, or whatever your circumstances are, just really believe in yourself. But take the action. Right. Because nothing comes. Take the action. Yeah. Yeah, and don't, yeah. you know, I mean, I have loads. Of, I, had, I had a conversation with a friend the other day who was looking to start her own business, and she's like, Lindsay, you know, did, did you did you lose money before you made money? I went, I've been losing money for four years. You know, I mean, that's that's how it is. You know, I've, I've had to sell my house to, to, to fund my business. I mean, we are starting to see the fruits of our labor now, which is great. And I knew we would. You know, we're now, you know, I was able to pay myself last month for the first time since before the pandemic. That was an amazing feeling, you know. Yeah. Not much, but I was able to do it. But I knew, I knew all the way through it that I was onto something. And I think if you've got the experience in the industry, you know how it works. I see a lot of people, a lot of, there's a lot of, coaches isn't there that sort of jump in and they've done a group on course for a few weekends and they think that they can come in and teach you how to do something and it's not the case at all you have to have experience you have to have tenacity and you have to have focus and vision and you have to be willing to work your absolute arse off every hour and put your kids on the back burner and put your husband on the back burner and put your house cleaning on the back burner and just sit and do it and that's the only way to get through yeah no and and you know what um i think an, an interesting probably conversation is around when you you know you've got your life with your family your kids your husband and all of that and it can 
it can put stresses and strains on relationships when you're, you know, you're, you're trying to achieve something like that. So your support network around you is is massively important. I, I always think, you know, whether that's family, friends or mentors, coaches, you know, friends that you can reach out to that are maybe going through something similar. So how important has that been to kind of help keep you focused and, and to learn from others, get the support that you need to keep pushing on? Massive. I mean, absolutely huge. So when I moved back to Yorkshire from London and I, I was in an office in London working for an agency when I moved back home, I was I was on my own in a in an office. Um, I just I had my daughter about a year before, so I was still in this the, the throes of postnatal depression. Um, and I was I was you know I was working in solitude. It was hard. It's hard anyway when you're working from home, but even more when you're creative. You know you need you know if you're working in in, in marketing or you know or similar, you you, you need other people around you. Um, so I, I, I reached out on Facebook to the local community that, that I was in, which was a little village in Yorkshire, and found that there was a handful of women that were in the same situation. So I, um, I, I suggested to these strangers, to these women, how do you fancy, like, once a month, just doing a bit of a round table, around my kitchen table, you know, and we're all business owners, you know, let's just get together and just support each other and I, I didn't really expect it to go anywhere and it's quite big now this whole these women networks they're all over the country but at the time there wasn't really anything you know this was like nine years ago and there was three or four women in a village of of, of a lot of mums that don't work you know but there were three or four women like me that were very career driven kids you know Kate not, my kids don't come second of course they don't my kids are my world but you know there are times when you know, I, I have to just get stuff done. And they were very similar, similar minded women to me. And we we set up this little group. I called it the Hive, you know, um, and we, we we got together every month, um, swapped ideas, support, helped each other. And, and all of our businesses fl- absolutely flourished from that point on. And that was when I really sort of started to see the benefits of the people around you being what makes your business flourish. And I am very, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's about the women that I have around me. That is what makes my business. My business is based on women. You know, I have 30 bloggers across the UK writing for girlabouttravel.co.uk. Uh, you know, I'm building a travel club based on females. I'm currently talking to female DMCs across the world. I spoke to an amazing woman in South Africa today. Um this is about women, the strength of women together, coming together to create something awesome. So I think in answer to your question, it is paramount. That support is paramount. I've had business coaches. I've had some very bad experiences with business coaches. I've had some incredible experiences with business coaches too. And those having, you know, having somebody um, that you are accountable to is equally as important in this as well. Mm, yeah, you've got to seek out your tribe, haven't you? You know, where yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and, and have you found along your kind of journey, you know, the highs and the lows that there are certain people that maybe have not been as supportive that you've had to, you know, maybe reduce the amount of time you spend with or you've kind of had to say, you know, maybe this isn't someone that I kind of want to spend too much time with. Have you have you had uh, those yeah. kind of experiences as well, Lindsay? Yeah, and that's probably the answer to the, one of the questions you might ask me later. You know, I, <laughs> I, I have a very small friendship group. Um, I pimp myself out on social media because social media is the cheapest form of promotion for my digital business, like any digital marketer, any digital, small digital business. I have to put myself out there 
And that means I have to bear all. I have to talk about my achievements, talk about what I've done wrong. I have to do that on a daily basis. Some people don't like that. Yeah, I have family members saying, why? Why are you so open on social media? Because I know that the people that are my tribe will, will come to me because of that reason. So it is, it's, it's, I was only two days ago, I posted something on Facebook. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the process of a launch right now. We're about to launch the new, um, the, the Holiday Insiders Club next week. Um, I put a post on Facebook and I took it back down because my imposter syndrome, my chimp on my shoulder told me, why have you put that? How dare you write that? How dare you write on social media about how far you've come and who do you think you are? And this is this is a battle every single day. It is. But what keeps me going? I don't know because I want to be successful, because I'm driven, because I was 16 years old in Yorkshire and I was told by my dad that I wouldn't amount to much. That's ultimately what keeps me going. Yeah, no, it's interesting because, like you say, you know, sometimes we're either moving away from something, you know, in terms of a, a memory or a comment oh, or a, situ- of, yeah. a situation, you know, you sort of go, I don't want to go back there, or you're being you're pulled towards something um, that is so compelling and so exciting that that becomes your reason why and your, your purpose. And I think somewhere, you know, there's normally both forces taking place actually with most people. There's a lot of inner demons. I've had to do a lot of inner work. Um, and I, I think in my 30s, I was quite, you know, I didn't care, I didn't give a shit about all of that. I was just, you know, bull in a china shop. I think when you get to 40, or sort of late 30s, 40s, you, a lot of what's gone on in your past starts to sort of rear its ugly head a little bit and you have to do some work in order to give yourself the confidence and put yourself in the right mindset to move forward with your business because it is ultimately all mindset, that that is the bottom line. If I'm having a great day, I can take on the world, but if I'm having a bad day, I just want to curl up in bed and go get a job in, in Waitrose. You know, that's where I am at. It's you just it's it's like this all the time, up and down, up and down and keeping yourself trying to keep yourself level is 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 the biggest struggle. It's not what you've got to do. It's not the actions you've got to take. It's the mindset. Ultimately, I know I can do my I know I can do what I'm doing with my eyes closed on some days. On other days, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm completely out of my depth. You know, I am, I'm an imposter. What am I doing? I shouldn't be doing this. How dare I? How dare, how dare I try and disrupt this industry or do something like that or say that? You know, that's, it's like that a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I totally um, have, have empathy because, you know, over the years I've battled with imposter syndrome myself. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, I mean, I think the stats are that 70% of people Men yeah. um, have some feeling. Now, there's a there's a big thing around, well, does imposter syndrome actually exist? And regardless of what you label you put on it, you know, actually those feelings of doubt, insecurity, not feeling good enough, whatever you call them, I think exist in, in most people at certain times. So you talked about some of the, the things that, you know, that you've had to take action, you've had to work on your mindset and, and to kind of, you know, and keep yourself balanced as much as possible. Um, what kind of stuff do you do, Lindsay? Because I think anyone listening to this, any sort of tips, advice that you can give will be massively helpful. Well, I'm not one of the, I mean, there's a lot of women out there that suggest that you've got to be up at 5am, you've got to do your yoga, you've got to do your, you know, 
you've got to go and do an hour of mindfulness and then you've got to go do a walk and you've got to go to the gym and you've got to eat something healthy and then you can do a 10 hour working day that's not me I'm a night owl for a start I don't I don't do mornings I do nights I am I work best at four o'clock in the afternoon till 11 o'clock at night and so you know I, I don't agree necessarily that it all has to be about wellness I think you know you've got to I eat well. If, if I'm drinking too much and I do go through, you know, I'm, I'm the travel industry, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're all, we all like a glass of wine or six. Um, I, you know, if, if I've got, I, I know if I've been drinking the night before, I'm not going to be as effective the next day. So, you know, that, that's something I'm, I'm very mindful of. Um, I, do I do a bit of meditation now and again? Do I read loads and loads of self-help books? Not really, you know, am I, you know, I am currently going through an ADHD diagnosis. So there's a lot of things that, you know, right now I'm like, oh my God, light bulb moment. You know, stuff that business owners should be doing, making lots of lists, making plans. Doing, I can't do any of that. You know, my brain doesn't work like that. You know, I have become successful because I am tenacious. I get shit done. And, you know, I believe in what I'm doing. It's not necessarily because I make hundreds of lists and create beautiful plans at all. So, um, I don't know, does that answer the question? I hope so. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the point is that you make is is really, really valid in that we're all different. So, you know, what works for one person yeah. might work for someone else, you know, and, and I, I talk a lot about energy and being aware of kind of your ebbs and flows throughout the day because very often I think when we're not so self-aware and we might be trying to sort of force something, you know, I am, a, for me, I am a morning person. I'm at my best in the morning. So I try to do all of my kind of exercise and stuff first thing because it kind of kicks me off in the day in the way that works for me. And then I will put my most important tasks, thinking, whatever it might be in the morning. If I try and do that in the afternoon when you're at your most productive, for me, I I know that's that's not me at my best. So I think the point is that just be aware of it really, isn't it? And do what... I did did go through a phase where I was like, oh my God, I must get up at 5am. I did... I sort of fell into that trap of thinking that I had to conform. And then I realized, actually, why are you doing that? You, you can be successful and still get up at 9.30 in the morning and let your, your, your husband take the kids to school. That's absolutely fine. You know, yeah. I work, I was up working till midnight last night. You know, that's that's what I do. Nine o'clock in the morning, am I, you know, no, I'm throwing coffee in my eyes. You know, I think, <laughs> I think the, you know, the, the, the lesson here is you have to work you have to understand you and your body and your intuition and not focus too much on all of these people telling you what you should be doing and focus on what you need to do for you and everything else is irrelevant, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Brilliant advice. No, I love that. You summed it up really well. And Lindsay, let's talk a little bit about social media, right? Because, you know, as you said before, it, it can be, you know, a fantastic tool. Social media can really help you grow your business, in particular, if you're, you know, you're a content-led business or maybe you're a service-led business, you know, any business actually can benefit massively from social media. But there are two sides to social media, of course. It's not all rosy, is it? And there can be some quite challenging sides of it as well. So can we just talk about social media, your experiences, how you also work with your clients or with other women to sort of help them navigate through the best way to use it and the sort of pitfalls and things to watch out for. You know, it's a double-edged sword, I, I always think. It is a double-edged sword. And I'll start by telling you a little story about my experience with social media. This is a particularly bad experience. So when I um, gave birth to my daughter, Fern, who is eight next month, um, I've always been, you know, I, I like to go and experiment with things and 
I, um, I was in hospital and I was two weeks late and I was sat around doing nothing and waiting to be induced. And, um, and I thought I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a tweet experiment here. And, you know, there was nothing to do, nothing to watch. So I started tweeting and tweeting about the process of, of what was happening. And, um, you know, everybody was getting involved. I had the, you know, the, the chat that was giving me my, uh, um epidural he was you know, I had a picture taken with him and you know it was it was all quite fun and I gave birth to my daughter there wasn't any anything you know there was there was no you know nothing that, that re- revealed will say that was in any way <laughs> x-rated it was all very pg and <laughs> um, it was all a bit of fun and the PR came down from the hospital office and said hey you know we've seen that you know you've been tweeting and tagging a few people and you know I think I was experimenting with tagging I didn't really know much about Twitter at the time I'm not really a big Twitterer I'm, I'm an Instagram girl really I'm, I like visual stuff um, and she came down and she went oh well um you know what, what do you think about would you do a little, a little a story for the local rag you know on your experience at the um the Whittington which was where I was at in North London at the time I was like yeah, of course I will you know I've had an amazing experience I'm happy to do a little bit of an interview so a couple of days later I'm shipped off home with Fern and um and, and get this knock at the door and uh it's a, a photographer and a, and a, a, a um uh, an editor writer a journalist whatever you want to call them and they came in and took a couple of pictures of me and Fern and asked me a few questions and and we touched on the whole tweet thing but my understanding was this was a, an interview about my experience with the NHS in that hospital because there'd been a bit of bad press around the NHS at the time um so it was all fine and dandy and he went off and you know I'd had my picture taken two days after giving birth didn't look particularly great but you know whatever um, and then about two days later, I get another knock at the door from another man. Knock, knock, knock. Um, my husband answers the door and he, I'm laid there breastfeeding, looking like you do after, you know, 48 hours of no sleep, you know. And um, he says, Lindsay, the Daily Mail's at the door. I'm like, what? OK. Um, so I walked out to the to the entrance and he's like hello I'm from the Daily Mail so and that straight away starts firing questions at me I've got a photographer can we come in because I've heard all about your story and you know your experience and you tweeting to in the in the hospital I'm like no no I'm you're not coming in you're not interviewing me no way I have just had a child there's no way on earth I want to be on the Daily Mail thank you certainly not right now okay he said well we're going to print the story anyway so see you later so off he went and I'm like, oh God. Next day, I was walking up my high street, Jeanette, and you know those sort of billboards that hang outside, you know, yeah, the shop. Yeah. Local woman gives birth in front of millions on Twitter. That was the headline, pretty much. Oh my God. So I'm I'm walking down the road with my bright yellow boogaboo. I mean, you can you, you know, I'm there, you can see me, you know. And I looked at Ian, my husband, I was like, I need to get home now. I need to get home. Oh, my God. You know, my whole world started caving in. I was like, oh, my God, who's going to recognize me? Went home. I was mortified. Um, And then I started getting all these texts from friends saying, "Don't, don't look at the Daily Mail website. Don't look at it. Do not look at it. Don't look at it. And obviously, the first thing I'm going to go do is go look at it. So I log on and, and um, they've taken pictures. They've basically taken the pictures off my Twitter. So massive lesson here, I think, is, first of all, if you ever post anything on social media, anybody can publish it. There's no copyright law around anything. Once you put any content on social, 
you are essentially giving anybody free reign to bring what they want. So they had taken pictures of me just literally minutes after giving birth, blown them up all over the Daily Mail, all over dailymail.co.uk, whatever it is. And the trolling that I got, the comments, you know, were just, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people were asking why my husband was married to such a ugly this and that, and why would you want to do this? And, and you know, she's making money. She's obviously got paid 30 grand for that story. And, and I actually hadn't, I had, I had, I turned that, I did not want anything to do with that. So, you know, social media from, you know, for me at that point was, well, it, it, I think it definitely, it, it helped to fuel my postnatal depression did all of that. It was awful. And it didn't just stop there then because I've been, dabbling in PR for years. I'll say dabbling because I work in travel and tourism. PR in travel and tourism is obviously not like PR in politics. You know, it's, you know, yeah, mm. it's much softer. Um, but I learned some, some key valuable lessons around, you know, what the media does, what the media can print, you know, what they're allowed to access. The fact that a lot of these red tops just go and steal a story from a, a local rag and then blow it up. There were, there were, there was, there was YouTubers in the US that had basically taken my images, made them into a video, put them on a reel, and then yeah, woman in the in England tweets her birth to six million people, you know, all of this, and and it, and I was and it, and I was a sensation around the world, all for the wrong reasons. It was awful, and the 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 um the the only the, the only positive thing that came out of it was loose women called me and they they wanted me to go in. I'm like I'm not I'm sorry I've just given birth. I don't want to sit on TV. <laughs> Just given birth and they were like okay well can we can we interview you over the phone you know will you will you come come in and do a live and I was like yeah yeah no actually you know what I will I'll come in on the condition that I can tell my side of this story because I needed to tell it and they were like okay no that's fine okay so um it was Mylene Class that was interviewing me and you know it was it was it was all great and she was she just had a baby so she was lovely and I said, look, before we even crack on with this interview, I just want to make it very, very clear that I did not accept an interview from said newspaper. You know, I actually shut the door on them and told them to go away, but yet they still went and printed what they've printed. And, um, you know, it's the fact that the media can get away with that. I don't know, these celebrities nowadays, I don't know how they go, but it was was an awful situation to be in. And luckily I then got a lot of, um, a lot of, people then following me on Twitter from that in a very positive way that were like, oh, you know, she's lovely and great. Thanks for telling your story and, and rah, rah, rah. So that then sort of evolved into quite a positive thing because my Twitter actually went up by about 4,000 people that day. So wow. that was great. But um, yeah, I think, you know, that there's a lot of lessons around social media and, 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 and using it. I, you know, 10 years ago would have slapped anything on social media. What I'm having for my dinner, you know, where I'm going tonight, you know, I, I, I was quite risque with some of my opinions. I think when you become a business owner, you have to really think about strategically using your social media channel, even your personal social media channel. I have to look at that as another, um, a, another channel for my business almost same with my Instagram you know I'm constantly thinking about okay what content am I putting out there that is going to link back to my business in a positive way so I think that's the key the key takings for me from social media it's it's very powerful um I had a a blog post that went viral about four or five years ago on Girl About Yorkshire that hit I think 50 million people across the UK sorry across the world tiny little um a tiny little video clip and that really helped to, to boost my social media following but 
you know, it, you've got to be so careful with what you put out there. Yeah, God, that's massive. Well, listen, thanks for talking about it so openly because clearly it was a really tough time for you. And you're like, <laughs> you know, and, and you have touched on this about having, you know, suffered with postnatal depression and, and kind of some of those challenges. How, how did you manage to, to get through that? I mean, obviously it was exacerbated by everything that had happened, you know, with this particular horror story that you've just outlined but but just I mean the whole postnatal depression side of things because again you know we're much more open about mental health but there's still a long way to go isn't there really in, in supporting and helping women and anyone that's got mental health challenges so, so do you want to talk about that a little bit Lindsay because I think it's important. yeah well I mean um it took me about nine months to get a diagnosis I was just I put a lot of it down. I, I, I didn't really know much about postnatal depression. I, my first child, I just he just came out and it was just a, all swimmingly fun. You know, we had friends from antenatal and we just hung out and drank coffee. And then number two comes along and it's completely different, isn't it? You know, it's nowhere near as 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 uh, as, um, as 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 nice as maybe the first time round because you've got a toddler. Um, and and also I just moved back up to Yorkshire, so I was you know quite isolated. Um, there was just a lot of a lot of anxiety, a lot of me feeling, a lot of blues, a lot of, you know, not feeling, you know, just, just not feeling adequate in a lot of ways. So I went to the doctor, explained how I was feeling. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, I, I accepted the the medication basically and they put me on medication and, um, and that really, really helped um, and still is helping. I'm still on it now because I do have bouts where, you know, I can, well, I just, I just want to stay in bed or, you know, there's that big black cloud over me or I'm not good enough or, um, you know, I'm, 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 you know, the anxiety can be pretty high as well. Sometimes I do get myself wrapped up in, oh, sh- again, you know, posted that, should I have done, I've spoken to that. I'm sure after this conversation with you, Jeanette, there'll be a whole host of anxieties around what I said, you know. So it's, you know, it's, it's just, I think, you know, each to their own, women deal with mental health problems um mental health in in lots of I won't call it problems because I don't like to but you know mental health in in lots of different ways I find going out walking for me um I can go out on my own and walk for two or three hours certainly when I was in Yorkshire I was very lucky to be living on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales so I'd just mm. go out and I would walk and, and if I got some fresh air inside me and I could actually think and be away from people on my own then that was a massive massive help to me basically yeah well I mean yeah like you say everyone's everyone's experience is totally different and unique and and that you know thankfully you got some help and you know and like you say it's 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 constant you know it's a constant sort of thing that you have to sort of live with deal with and and you get to know yourself inside out I think with when you're going through those kind of things and and you know it must be difficult for your husband Ian as well you know because you you know you've got a loving partner there who wants the best for you and and then there's an impact there isn't there as well that that's not always easy I, I think Ian is a diamond and I am very very lucky to have him I mean yeah I mean a part you know a big part of me getting this far with my career is, is the support of him. If he was the type of bloke that, you know, for whatever reason, didn't want me to succeed, wasn't prepared to support me, wasn't prepared to put take the kids to school, wasn't prepared to put the washing on, you know, it, we would, I would, I, honestly, bottom line is I wouldn't be here. I have to really, you know, give him a huge amount of praise for supporting me on this journey. And luckily um, he doesn't have any mental health problems. He's just happy go lucky every single day of the week. So, you know, I just, 
have to, you know, channel into that. And we are yin and yang and I'm bottles always, or cups always half empty and he's always cups half full and we just have to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I think when you're in a, when you're in a partnership, whether it's a business partnership or a love relationship or whatever, you know, a friendship, you, you kind of have to sort of celebrate each other's differences, don't you? And, and, and always take the best of both sides and the combination yeah. together is, is kind of what makes it work. Oh, it, can, it, can, it can be a wrap sometimes, don't get me wrong. But... <laughs> Ian, but, Ian yeah. the Saint, Ian the Saint is, uh, is obviously... But he, where, where, my, where my business and my, my health is concerned, he, he has, yeah, he's, he's been a massive support. And, uh, you know, how, I mean, honestly, how a single woman could do you know could run a business and do well I've got no I, I hats off to anybody out there who hasn't got a supportive husband or a supportive wife or is on their own because that would be you know that would be a, a, you know a struggle huge struggle yeah yeah and it's interesting isn't it because when we talk about diversity and inclusion obviously you know you're really passionate about helping other women helping them be better versions of themselves help them travel the world find themselves through that pro whatever you know there's so much in there and and we can often just talk about the women and talk about all of the, you know, gender diversity and all of those kind of things. But actually, you know, it's important to have male advocates. It's important to give a shout out to the guys in our lives, you know, whether they're brothers, sisters, yeah, brothers, friends, husbands, whatever, bosses, um, peer group, because it's not about one being better or worse. It's just different, isn't it? We bring different things to the table. and absolutely. You know, shout out to the guys is important as well. I think, you know, we've talked about our mutual friend, Melissa, you know, who has been a a major mentor and impact on my business. And, you know, she's transgender. So, you know, there is, I I think, you know, when, when when we're talking business, she's very direct with me. And I love that, you know, whereas my entire business has been surrounded by women for the last four years. And sometimes I just want somebody to come in and say, Lindsay, do it that way, you know, rather than all this fluff that you get with women, you know, it's a lot of fluff, isn't there? A lot of the time, you know, and sometimes the men just come in and say, you know, like my husband will come in and say, just stop procrastinating, stop fanning around and just get it done, you know, stop it. And I think that is so important as well. You know, I mean, I am a very female led brand, but there are, you know, certain male influences that that are really important to me as well. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm really fascinated where the brand's going to go to. And, and honestly, Lindsay, it's been so such a joy chatting to you. I love your energy, love your vibe, love your honesty. And um, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. So I've got a few final questions, if you don't mind, mind Lindsay, because we could chat for hours actually. But I know that your time is precious over there in Toronto. So. The last few questions I've got, can you think, I mean, obviously you've been around, you've been around the block, you've got lots of life experiences, lots of business experience to travel, you name it, marketing. Can you think of the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Yeah, I think we touched on that earlier. And I think it really is, for me, it just boils down to, you've just got to ignore the haters. You've just got to tune them out. Yeah. And focus on your mission and what you're doing. And remember that people are seeing snapshots of things all the time. They're not seeing the whole picture. So if they're judging you based on that one snapshot, let them judge. Judging, when somebody judges you, that's that's a reflection on them, not on you. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. People are going to judge you anyway. So you may as well actually put yourself out there for what you stand for and what's important to you, right? And <laughs> let's exactly. decide. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. And can you think of any sort of, I suppose, advice that you took that you wished you hadn't taken because it didn't work out so well or that was so poor you ignored it and you were really glad that you did ignore it? 
Yeah, I think I've had a lot of advice around tech if we're talking business. I have to have this and I have to have that and I have to invest in that and your business is not going to get anywhere if you don't do that. That I have realised over the last year after throwing a lot of money at, at, at stuff that people have advised me to throw out has been probably... If I could go back and do things again, I would. I think simplicity is so important in business. You don't have to have everything. You don't have to have the latest tech. You don't have to have this plugin and that plugin and that coach and this person and that person. You have to define the simplicity of what you're offering. Stick to it and focus. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, the great thing about advice is that you can choose you, you can choose what to do with it, can't you? <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I did. There was one situation where I, um, I spent quite a lot of money on a on a particular coach, and I might as well have burnt it, you know. And and my advice there as well is because coaches are a big part of of, of small businesses, certainly female led small businesses. Um, there's a lot of brilliant people out there with a lot, a lot, a wealth of experience in their field, who are also very good salespeople that don't necessarily have what it takes to coach you. So if you are looking for support um, as a mentor, you know, from a mentor or a coach, and these are big investments, I'm talking thousands of pounds in some cases, you have to make sure that that person is right for you and don't just go with a recommendation because they're brilliant at what they do. They have to be able to completely open up and have the ability to give you everything that they know. And some, some coaches just, hold back and I've had those experiences and I've not really seen the return on investment. So that's another piece of advice from me. Yeah, brilliant. No, you're right. Do your due diligence, fit, you know, and don't just, because uh, what's right for one person won't necessarily be right for you. And, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, you're right. You know, make sure you surround yourself with the right people again, I guess, really, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Your tribe, yeah, yeah. Indeed, indeed. So this podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. And I think you've given us loads of examples, Lindsay, of where you've been exactly that. Um, but when can, we have, can we have bonkers to the end, Jeanette? <laughs> we, could, we, could have, we could have an extra B on the end. Yes, that's also good, because I, I think I'm a bit bonkers as well. So you're in good company. Um, but when you think about Brave, Bold, Brilliant, what does that mean to you, Lindsay? I think brave, bold, bold and brilliant for me means having the courage to call out the bad. It means sticking to your guns. It means leading with purpose. And I think then you will succeed. That That is the epitome of it to me. Oh, amazing. What a brilliant answer. I love that. That's fantastic. I'm going to nick all of that, Lindsay. That was great. <laughs> Go for it. I'm all about about sharing. I'm not precious. Go for it. Sharing is caring. No, on a serious note, though, it's been uh, wonderful chatting with you, and I wish you every success with everything that you're doing. Where can people find you, Lindsay? Obviously, I know social media, but where where can people get involved with Girl About Travel and all the other great things you've got going on? Well, aside from the Daily Mail, yeah, you you can visit... um, www.girlabouttravel.co.uk and that's our official girl about website i'm also um lindsay.girlabout on instagram um, and we have a big facebook following a girl about official on facebook fantastic and we'll put all those links in the show notes so everyone can just click on there as well to find you but lindsay it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much and good luck with everything it's been fun excellent I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 